Have you been listening to our podcast for a while and still feel emotionally stuck and overwhelmed? If you desire to experience the ease and confidence we so often speak about, we have a program just for you. Our Broken to Brilliant group coaching program provides the emotional support and practical guidance needed to move forward with certainty and confidence. It's a safe, caring, and affordable space to heal from the pain of divorce and create a life you love. The program begins Tuesday, February 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern, and there are still a few spots left. You can learn more about this 12-week program, which includes six 90-minute group sessions, powerful coaching that catapults you forward, and a community of peers there to support you. Just go to jbddivorcesupport.com backslash broken to brilliant and register today. We'll see you soon. Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. At that point, I had been going through the process of basically, you know, trying to get a my separation agreement and all that rolling um, for quite a bit of time. I think we're around months five or six. Um, and I kind of hit a wall. So basically, you know, <clears throat> high conflict divorce, you know, thank God we did not have any children. So, I mean, in, in a lot of ways that lightened the load in terms of what we actually had to divide and assets and every, you know everything. The struggle was uh, less intense than I know it is for a lot of people. But um, he w- was stringing me along, and we could not even settle on a separation agreement. He was refusing to sign. Um, you know any uh, monetary value that we had decided on, he would go backwards two weeks later, and um, you know just a lot of the game playing. Welcome to Voices of Celebration. This series is designed to inspire and encourage you as we share real life experiences of former Journey Beyond Divorce clients who invested in their personal growth through divorce and emerged a better version of themselves with a more rewarding post-divorce life.
Welcome back to another episode of Voices of Celebration. I am very excited to have with us today, Whitney, a former client of mine. Welcome, Whitney. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time uh, to share your experience with our listeners. Let's dive right in. Uh, can you just give us a little bit of a backstory? What led you uh, down the path of divorce? Uh, yeah. So I would say uh, my relationship was actually kind of brief. Um, a lot of things came to light very quickly. Uh, I My marriage was just under three years. Um, uh, we got together pretty fast. And um, basically, I found out that he was a covert narcissist. I realized that there was quite a few things that seemed really good on the surface in the beginning. Um, but once we really got into a true marriage type situation, uh, we, uh, there was a lot of manipulation going on and I am a true empath. So I was there and ready to help and do whatever I could. Um, I worked through things. I tried to, tried to help the situation, um, adjust myself. And I started feeling pretty crazy after a little while. Um, and then went down the path of, a lot of personal research, uh, to try to figure out exactly what was going on. Cause it just didn't really feel right. Um, and I came across the information about narcissism, uh, you know, the manipulation that comes with that gaslighting, um, the love bombing, which is a stage I very much so experienced. Um, and then the fact that there is a such thing as a covert narcissist, which is actually a little more challenging to detect than a regular overt narcissist. Um, and so that was a, a new path for me where I had to get an intellectual understanding in order to then push myself towards leaving that marriage. Um, it was clear to me along the year and a half or so that I tried to make changes um, and address that. It was clear to me that that was not something I was going to be able to change for him or, you know, and I couldn't change myself any more than I already had. Uh, so, yeah, so I basically I left at first and you know, saw if there were any adjustments that he was willing to make. Um, I was very fortunate in the sense that I did not return to him because I had done enough research on trauma bonding um, that I got myself into a safe situation and I did not have to feel like I had to go back. Um, so that was very much a blessing for me. Um, and uh, from there, I, I was able to kind of sever ties and then move forward with the divorce process. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a little background. So your your marriage was about three years. How long was your divorce? Oh, div divorce. Uh, let's see. Via about a month ago, um, the process itself from the time that I left the marriage um, has been about two, two plus years. Yeah, yeah. roughly. Yeah. Wow. Two and a half, let's say. So almost um, as long getting out of it as you were in it. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think what you're saying about um, learning about the personality disorder, uh, we're all in a relationship. We're assuming we're in a relationship with an, another reasonably healthy minded person. Right. As much mm -hmm. as any of us are healthy minded. And and when it's a personality disorder, it really it it is crazy making like you. You do feel crazy because you're dealing with something that's so 
out of the norm. And they're so certain that they're like normal and right and on point. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And that, that really is something I, I had no context. Um, I, I didn't know, I'm sure I had dealt with, you know, various narcissists throughout the years, but I had never had a relationship with one. Um, so the whole thing was kind of news to me, uh, much to my chagrin, but, um, it was, uh, very challenging. And I feel like I went through in, in earnest, I feel like I truly went through the stages when you look up a, you know, a narcissistic relationship or what, you know, what's gaslighting. I feel like I went through all of that, truly not understanding at first what was happening to me. So it was a very real experience, um, for me to then have to dig in and really look, look at what was occurring on a day-to-day basis. Um, because it was actively happening to me (laughs) in my house uh, as I was, you know, frantically researching during my lunch hours, you know, trying to figure out like, what is this gaslighting? Why do I feel like a crazy person? You know, what is manipulation? What does that look like? And, um, you know, how did it go sour <laughs> like in all these different ways? And, um, you know, so anyway, it, it has, it, I think it's very, uh, humbling to have had to find that information out by myself, especially I didn't have anybody that was tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Hey, by the way, you might be dealing with this person. That's actually going to stay like that for the rest of their lives. Um, you know, narcissism, sure. Can it maybe be adjusted in therapy? Maybe, but for the most part, we all know that narcissists like stay the way they are. Um, Well, there's actually the, the statement is there's no medication or talk therapy that, um, that works, uh, in terms of healing a narcissistic, uh, wiring. So let me ask you this before we move on, you, you had to go and research and find that information out solo. And I'm hearing that that was its own challenge for those listening. How did knowing impact you? How did knowing that you were dealing with someone disordered that what was the impact of that on you before we move on to the divorce process? Um, Yeah, I think it was actually really great. Uh, I'm very much so a understanding context type person. So it <clears throat> was immensely helpful for me because I think that one of the things that happens, uh, and you know, this is throughout my whole life before I ever got into my marriage, you know, you, you spend a lot of time, I think in my background, not trusting your gut. So I think that, um, that in itself was a struggle. So, you know, some people could say, well, just trust your gut. If you see the red flags, walk away. Well, you know, yes and no. Uh, I could see the red flags now, but, you know, I'm post understanding those things and I see them more clearly now, of course. Um, but having that, re- being able to do that research and kind of building my toolbox and like uh, arsenal, I guess, informational arsenal was huge in the way that I was able to quickly, um, you know, quickly in in air quotes, but, uh, quickly, you know, leave the relationship, um, with as little collateral damage, I guess, as possible. Right. Um, having that knowledge was a huge part of that because I could then say, 
wait a minute, uh, this cognitive dissonance is very, very challenging. I'm experiencing this emotional pull back to this person um, because of trauma bonding, for example. Uh, I know that that's my reptilian brain or whatever you want to call it. That's my fundamental brain coming back and saying, oh, we need that dopamine hit. And prepared when I left my marriage, I was prepared to actually leave and not return because of, I was needing that dopamine hit. Perfect. Uh-oh. Hey, we just, okay. yep, that's okay. We just had a little uh, instability. So, so I'll, I'll cut that out. So um, just timestamp that. So you, you gathered this information. It sounds to me like it gave you some confidence and clarity to stay the path of, of navigating your divorce. Uh, sorry, I didn't hear the first part of that question. I guess it might be my internet. I'm not sure. It, it may very well be mine. I've been having some issues, unfortunately. I'll ask the question again. Okay. So getting that clarity allowed you to, I'm hearing, feel more confident um, and more certain in staying away from the relationship and moving through the divorce. So let's fast forward. I know you actually started the process before you reached out to us. Uh, what what led you um, to reach out for support? Yeah. So um, at that point, <clears throat> I had been going through the process of basically, you know, trying to get uh, <laughs> my separation agreement and all that rolling um, for quite a bit of time. I think we're around months five or six. Um, and I kind of hit a wall. So basically, you know, <clears throat> high conflict divorce, you know, thank God we did not have any children. So, I mean, in, in a lot of ways that lightened the load in terms of what we actually had to divide and assets and, every, you know, everything, the struggle was, uh, less intense than I know it is for a lot of people, but, um, he was stringing me along and we could not even settle on a separation agreement. He was refusing to sign, um, you know, any um, monetary value that we had decided on, he would go backwards two weeks later. And, um, you know, just a lot of the game playing. Um, and I felt, I really felt like I was up against the wall and I just didn't know how to navigate it anymore. Um, because I knew that I was dealing with this, you know, a personality disorder and it's not something, even though I do have quite a bit of, uh, research, it just, I had reached my limit in terms of how I knew how to navigate it. And I was, I wanted to be able to speak to somebody, um, that had a better understanding of, of how to maybe navigate that. Um, and I know that part of that was logistical and part of it was just my emotional wits end. Um, especially the fact that I also had an attorney that was good in a lot of ways, but really had very little understanding of what I was dealing with when it came to, um, my ex and, and what kind of games, especially related to money, um, what kind of games that he was willing to play. And he was playing all of them 
at once. So I didn't really know what to do anymore. <laughs> right. And when you have an attorney who doesn't have a lot of experience um, with the personality disorder, disordered person, they're just assuming they're, you know, they're your normal person who's a little resistant to what have you. And yet, as you keep going along, it becomes more obvious that it's a little outside of the norm. And I know that uh, you were rather um, at your wits end with uh, both explaining to your attorney and trying to navigate the strategy with your soon to be ex. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's dive into Whitney. So here you like you found out that you're with this covert narcissist. You 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 really were able to physically sever ties to move on to hire an attorney to begin negotiations, only to find yourself running into another wall. Reached out for help. What are some of the on the emotional front? What what are some of the biggest um, fears or challenges that you faced through your divorce? Um, yeah, I would say, of course, you know, starting from the very beginning, I would say, you know, just that fear, the basic fear of judgment, which I'm sure that, you know, basically everybody deals with, which is, um, you felt like this was the right thing. You know, this was your marriage. This was the plan. And so having to make a quote unquote, public decision to essentially say this wasn't the plan or this isn't no longer the plan. Uh, there's a lot of, of course, grieving in that there's a lot of sadness. And then there's a lot of fear of judgment, um, from your family or anybody, um, you know, so it feels, it very much feels like a failure. Um, so that, you know, and I think that anybody could relate that has gone through a divorce of any kind could relate to that. Um, and then of course, you know, normal things like, am I capable of getting back on my feet? Um, I was fortunate enough that I was, I never stopped pro providing for myself financially. I continued to work through my whole relationship. So, um, that didn't feel as much, like quite as much of a pressure as I'm sure it is for some people. Um, but there is always that fear, you know, am I going to be able to financially, uh, maintain a lifestyle that I've created for myself. Um, and, uh, and then just, I think that another one would be, um, fear that I would wind up that I would, the damage was so much that, you know, you just kind of go through the rest of your life finding that kind of people or that kind of relationship or that kind of turmoil wherever you go. Uh, and I think that that was, definitely a subconscious fear of mine as well. Yeah, um, and that's such yeah. a huge one for people. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. The fear that I'm just going to, I'm just going to find the same person in a different body and keep going through this horrible. Right. Yeah. And, and again, that, I think that was maybe even a fear that I was subconscious of course, but then in my desperate search for, for information throughout the, for throughout time as before I was leaving my marriage, even you know, you do, you do definitely read accounts of quite a few men and women. Um, you know, they go right back to basically the same person, just a different body, like you said. I mean, and so that was, it's not just a fear, but it is a reality that you can right. literally find anywhere on the internet. <laughs> so it's pretty easy to be like, Oh no, that might be my fate, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, um, 
yeah, that was definitely a big component as well. Yeah. And then the other pieces that I would love to just chat about a little bit is um, how typical it is to lose oneself in that kind of a relationship, um, to have a broken um, self-confidence or esteem, to have self-doubt because there's certain criticisms and judgments that you're putting up with over the course of your relationship. Did that did you find that to be the case with your situation? Definitely. Um, yeah. And it actually, I like to think of myself as a fairly um, strong-willed person and, you know, fairly independent. Um, and it's kind of amazing how that can happen over time and it can happen very quietly. Um, you know, there's no abrupt moment where all of a sudden your all of your self-esteem has been zapped, you know? Um, but man, does it happen? So for me, it was, you know, it was progressive, you know, it's death by a, a million cuts kind of thing. Um, you know, small statements are made and just, you know, different, even actions, you know, just things that occur on a daily basis that really just start whittling away at your self-esteem, the way you take care of yourself, um, the way you think about yourself just in the world. Um, you know, it's just gradually kind of continues to reduce your worth. Um, and, uh, yeah, I definitely experienced that. I mean, by the time that I was leaving that relationship, it was really challenging for me to handle anything. I was definitely in survival mode. Um, and it was just maintaining, um, you know, feeding myself, you know, taking a walk, walking my dog, you know, it just regular tasks were about what I would allow myself to, to handle because there just wasn't a whole lot else I could do. And it just took time. Right. Um, and yeah, yeah. You know, there's that saying that if you, um, put a frog in a pot of boiling water, he's going to jump right out. But if you put him in a pot of cool water and you put it on the stove and you slow simmer, he will boil to death. And mm -hmm. I think that for those of us who've been in these dysfunctional relationships, uh, we can relate that there isn't that like, you know, obvious, huge, blatant thing. It's just this slow boil to losing one's self-esteem, to doubting oneself, to hearing the other person's voice in your head, like so, so confident and clear. And yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that piece of it. Um, what there, there are a few other things that we had talked about. Um, uh, what else would you say showed up for you in terms of areas of growth, uh, through this whole process? Yeah. Um, I would say that, you know, throughout the process, of course, my focus very much was, um, just getting through the divorce at first when you and I started chatting. And, um, when I reached out, it was very much about like, let me get over this hurdle. How do I strategically move into the next step to try to get myself closer to this done? Um, that was pretty straightforward. Um, but as time went on and we continued to chat, uh, it was really starting to kind of dive into some of those other really damaged areas for me that I knew I wanted to do work on. Um, 
I was still really struggling and I was in a pretty dark spot, um, trying to do that work by myself, which was great. And I was working with a therapist at the time as well. Um, and I think that it helped me once I felt like I was moving forward and had somebody on my side about the logistical aspects and just keeping on plugging away at this, at the divorce and getting closer and just towards an agreement. Um, I was able to kind of take some of that focus and figure out, okay, what areas do I want to look at? Um, one of which was, you know, my job, how do I relate to my job, which is a Mm. huge element for me. Um, and in looking at it, I had realized that there was a component of how I had skipped from my marriage into a, a work situation that felt quite similar. Um, I felt pretty out of control of my job. Um, I was desperately grasping at whatever I could control. Um, you know, I had some not very accountable people, um, that I was working for and with. Uh, and so there was a lot of frustration around that. I take a lot of pride in my work and the way I show up at work again, same way I show up in a marriage and a relationship. And sometimes I, I'm just giving a little too much. (laughs) And so, uh, so yeah, kind of looking at the job thing, which has definitely been a process and it's been a really wonderful one, um, to really start to dissect it. And I was living it every day, of course, working full time, but, um, yeah, the job and then just how I related to, um, relationships in general, you know, in the future, um, how did I want to show up in a relationship? I was a huge component for me. I wasn't in a position where I was dating by any means yet. I had chosen to be single. Um, and I wanted to really do work, uh, before I even put myself into the world again, which I think was absolutely vital for me as a person and an individual. Um, And then also just looking back at my family and what role that might've played and how I um, kind of gravitated towards this individual and that marriage and just that situation in general. um, I think that was also something that was really important for me to look at. It's by no means, you know, healed or, you know, solved or anything. You can never solve that, but it's, it was really good to make those ties um, and understand that there's a lot of worth and boundaries that I could put in place to help myself move on as an individual, um, and not carry the baggage, you know, try to carry less of the baggage, <laughs> lightening the load, um, yeah. from that. Yeah. You know, and what was beautiful about that, and I have to just really acknowledge you because you really were able to take a step back and connect the dots of patterns, patterns in your childhood, patterns in your marriage, patterns with a manager who, while um, he may not have had a personality disorder, the experience of revisionist history of, of you caring more and doing more than them. And like some of those patterns that just rippled right into um, your workplace and the frustration you had and the high level of quality of your work and who am I investing in and what do I want to invest in and how do I feel about this? And one of the issues I remember coming up was, was boundaries. And I don't remember it so much with our conversations around the divorce, but definitely around uh, your workplace, because you both were reporting to someone and you also had a team of people um, that you were 
that you were overseeing. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And I think that, um, yeah, implementing, it was almost like a live experiment for lack of a better word, but it's almost, um, taking, it was like actively working through and trying to heal and address some of the stuff that had been, has all the patterns that had been occurring my entire life. Um, but especially, you know, a catalyst, I guess, for really addressing them had been the marriage and divorce. Um, and then applying that principles, like those principles in real life, day to day in my workplace. And so it was a really, uh, terrific exercise actually, I think in just, okay, I don't feel comfortable with that. Where do I put the boundary? Okay. What about this? Okay. This person is expecting me to do four times more than I really should be expected to. How do I address that? And so it was a day to day live, live feed of, of basically like actively implementing the things that I was learning and, and healing. And, um, so it is, it was 2021. It was a very long year of, of really working through that stuff. And, um, I think it was actually just such a blessing and a gift to have that job right there that was really putting it in my face. Um, and it, I think it helped me so much. It, uh, definitely sped up my growth, I think for sure. So you know, one of one of the things I say so often is uh, every upset is a setup for personal growth. And the fact that you just described your very challenging workspace as a blessing is, you know, it's exactly to that point. It's like that was your Petri dish. That was your sandbox to play in with all of all of that you were learning and and the new skills you were picking up and the things that you wanted to let go of. And you would go to work and have so many opportunities to slam right up against something that was uncomfortable or that was familiar that you wanted to change. And, uh, and a lot of people walk away from this work, um, because it's, it's hard. It, it requires courage and bravery because with everything that he or she, or the circumstance does to come home, look in the mirror and say, well, wait a second, what do I have control over? What part is mine? And you did that beautifully, um, really in every aspect of your life, your work, your family of origin, your marriage, and even your other relationships. And, um, so I, I kind of want to, so, so amazing job. And, and how would you say, how would you say the, um, the coaching piece impacted, uh, the process and the work that you did? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate the, the shout out there. Um, and I'd like to say that, there were also a lot of moments, especially that statement about the upset and just facing, having the things come up. There were a lot of very, very frustrating moments in that. Um, and it has definitely been a process for me to, um, get back into a headspace where I was looking at things as opportunities rather than, um, from that victim mentality. Uh, you know, I think that I was very much still living in victim mode when we first started chatting. So, um, it takes time for sure. So, um, but, uh, back to, uh, 
the thoughts on, on coaching. I've been in and out of therapy for, you know, a fair number of years throughout my life. I wouldn't say I'm like, I've been in therapy most of my life. That would be too a stretch, but, um, I was in therapy when we started chatting. And I think that the combo of doing some therapy and then I had never worked with a coach before. Um, I think that coaching really helped empower me. Um, your coaching style in particular, it, um, helped me continue to address and you've served as an aid, I think, to really look at some of those challenging aspects, like looking at myself in the mirror and saying, okay, what am I bringing to the table? What am I doing that's perpetuating this potentially or making this worse for myself or any, any of those things. Um, and I think that coaching, since it's like an inquisitive style of work, um, I think for me in particular, uh, was a game changer because I often found that in therapy, I was usually answering my own questions. <laughs> I was just using a therapist as a sounding board. Um, whereas I think that coaching really helped me develop some new tools and references and thoughts to like chew on during the time we weren't working together, but we could kind of develop game plans. And that helped me feel again, that whole context piece, you know, just how do we make something actionable? How do we make something tangible? Um, so that in two weeks we can chat about it. Did I do it? And if I didn't, why did I not do it? You know, those types of things. I think that, um, that aspect of it helped keep the momentum. So like the coaching itself, I think helped me continue my momentum, that accountability piece, but also making it kind of feel clear. And the fact that you take notes, um, has always been very helpful for me because I can go back and reference because we would cover so much in an hour, but sometimes it was too much and I couldn't take notes fast enough. Right. So, so yeah, I, I would say, I think that answers your question. I mean, from a, just a fundamental standpoint, I think there's actionable pieces to coaching and your coaching style in particular really helped me through that kind of stuff to make it feel attainable. Beautiful. And I think that one of the um, pieces that you brought to the table was that you were always open to um, new resources, articles, podcasts, books, like you just truly showed up as a sponge. And, and there were times where you would say, um, I'm going to wrap this up. And then you're like, no, I'm not ready to wrap it up. And that happened numerous times where it's like, there's still a little bit more to do here. That's really valuable. And, and so each step of the way you, you honored where you were and where you wanted to be, which I think was really key. And, and, and we would be remiss if we didn't kind of turn the bend and talk about some of the more recent things that have happened in your life. So if I could, one of the things that was very exciting was once you were wrapping your brain around the job and what kind of a job and who you wanted to be and who you wanted to work for, you were also looking at this whole other possibility. If you could share with our audience that, you know, maybe I don't want the conventional nine to five. Can you just share a little bit of that journey and, and, and how you grew through that and, and please share what you ended up doing with our listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think that, uh, like I said, 2021 was a very long year and it brought me to some pretty drastic conclusions, um, and helped me really own, uh, a lot of those conclusions finally. 
Um, so yeah, the, the job itself, um, I, I definitely realized that, uh, I had put in a lot of effort to try to make changes and, um, I was coming up against some management style that wasn't really working for me. And I didn't feel like the job was any longer aligned with my values. Um, and that's something I was finally in a position to own. Um, and that's the first time in my life I've ever been able to own that kind of thing. You know, it's just saying, these are my values. I feel under drastically undervalued. Um, and I know that I could be utilized and feel more fulfilled elsewhere. Um, I know I bring a lot of really good work to the table and I'd like to have somebody not shut it down, maybe even appreciate it in the future. So, um, I actually did wind up putting in my resignation for at that job. Um, one of the most challenging decisions I've ever made, uh, because it really truly felt like I was giving myself personal validation. Um, you know, it was a self-actualization moment for me, a huge one. Um, very challenging um, to do, but uh, very rewarding. And we had talked uh, numerous times. I've always been kind of a wanderlust type person, but I've always lived within the realm of society, you know, the de- kind of domestic life. Um, and I had talked, uh, you know, on occasion about like going off sailing, going and doing van life. Um, what are the options that I could do? You know, my job does lend itself to being remote. Um, so I had thought about those things, not as an escape from a job, but, you know, as a, just an alternate lifestyle. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I went ahead, resigned the, my role and, um, I actually kind of got a little piece of that non-traditional desire wanderlust out of my system. And I went to Mexico for five weeks. Um, so just got back a, actually about a month ago. Um, and it was the, I guess the travel light version, um, because of COVID and everything, it makes things a little more challenging. Um, and, uh, but you know, just the fact that I was able to, overcome, you know, with your help and coaching, overcome the, you know, just some of those irrational programmed fears that I had around financial stability and, oh my gosh, how could you possibly do this? Um, you know, what do you mean you're taking a sabbatical? Uh, you know, how could you be worth enough to take a sabbatical? You know, just some of those basic fears, um, and truly giving myself permission to take that trip was such a huge step for me. Um, and I wound up, uh, spending time in several different places throughout Mexico. Um, and it was just a really wonderful personal, just totally alone, um, spending time in in new cities, experiencing new art and new food. And, um, I, you know, I don't think that I had any, uh, life altering takeaways per se, but it was just really, truly, finally allowing myself to step into that zone of this is okay. I can travel for five weeks. The earth doesn't come apart. Um, you know, I, I feel great. I, um, and, am I'm worth it. And so that has been a really beautiful journey to feel like I was able to end 2021 with that, um, reward. It was sort of like a cherry on top for me, um, giving myself that permission slip. 
uh, if you will, you know, like Brene Brown says, give yourself a permission slip to do whatever it is that you're holding yourself back from. Um, and I finally did, I gave myself permission to resign and then I gave myself permission to travel. Um, so yeah, it, it has been a wonderful journey to, to finally feel. And, and of course now I have to look for a job. So the reality comes back, but you know, there's also so many beautiful options for how that job will manifest. And I think that, um, I have a lot a better, healthier perspective on how I want to approach looking for a job and, and finding that work because I want it to be, I think we talked about this is, um, uh, more of that collaborative partnership rather than feeling like, oh, well, I better just grab the first job that comes across the table. Yeah. And, you know, seeing the job as this like jail almost, you know, it's like this thing Gotta that work you just have to, to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, trying to look at it more organically um, is my new challenge. And I'm really excited to lean into that um, and, and really excited to lean into my newfound um worth and just how I want to show up. And I'm, you know, I'm confident that the right people and the right job will come along. Um, and I'll have to fight off the impatience that I can already feel probably happening for me, <laughs> you know, that whole time frame thing. Um, but I'm prepared. I'm ready. <laughs> What's happening, everybody? I am not Karen McMahon, and I'm not one of Karen McMahon's guests here on Journey Beyond Divorce. My name's Clint Powell. I host During the Break podcast, but I'm here to ask you a favor. After you're done listening to Karen's podcast, leave them a rating or review and share the podcast with friends that you think may enjoy it. I know this. When I was going through my divorce, her podcast was one of the things that I turned to you will probably enjoy it too. And the stuff they talk about is healthy stuff, whether you're going through a divorce or you're just trying to repair a relationship. Anyway, leave them a rating or review. After that, if you want to find out more about my podcast, just go to DuringTheBreakPodcast.com or search During the Break Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now, let's find out what Karen and her guests are talking about today on Journey Beyond Divorce. Well, you know what I what I love is so often uh, people come right up to that comfort zone and then they're like, yeah, no. And they stop. And for you, the leap that you took in leaving a job, leaving a steady income, uh, working through all of those kind of lies in your head that you couldn't afford to or you were a bad or lazy person for doing it. And then to to create a, a. a dream adventure and give yourself that amount of time. I'm hearing you go from having lost self-esteem and self-worth to having really rebuilt enough of it to be able to push through the comfort zone, um, totally honor yourself with time and travel and trust. And that trust piece that um, I've got a lot to offer and, and I'll be fine and I'll find my next career move and I'll not only find it, but I'll be finding it from a whole different perspective of who I am and what I deserve and who I want to work for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it's been a really amazing transition and, um, 
you know, looking back uh, on all these things happen for a reason. Um, and, you know, if, and I've, I've thought about this often in the last two years, if I wasn't, um, it wasn't as exciting in the first year, of course, but, uh, if I wasn't, if I had not gone through what I went through, um, I wouldn't be here. I, I literally wouldn't be here talking to you. I, yeah, I just wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be in the state of mind. I, I think that, it served as a catalyst for me to really become, um, an ever evolving version of myself. And, um, if I hadn't shoved myself into doing the research and figuring out what I was dealing with, and, um, then I wouldn't be able to speak about it and tell other people and share that message. And, um, it forced me to learn more about myself and to push myself to, to feel better. Um, and I am truly a happier person now because of it. And, you know, it was one of the darkest times of my life for sure, but it's amazing when you do go through that, you want, you know, God willing, like you want to change it. You want to come out of the dark place and it takes time, but it's so worth it. Um, and I do really feel like, um, I don't know if it's a, a little ambitious, but I do feel like there has been a paradigm shift for me, um, in a sense, you know, just an internal shift. Um, and I think it's always going to be a work in progress, but I feel, uh, so grateful and so happy for, for what I've been able to experience. And I know that the coaching has been a huge component of that for me. Um, absolutely. Yeah, you've you've done you've done such tremendous work. And and so let's just wrap it up. One of the things so many people are afraid of when they uh, enter divorce and talk about their fears is uh, just rinsing and repeating, finding the same gal or guy in the same, you know, in a different body and uh, a lack of trusting themselves, a lack of trusting others. Uh, so um, you've recently uh, dipped your toe back into the dating pool and had some progress. Can you just kind of, can we wrap up by you sharing a little bit about, um, the individual you attracted and the relationship that you're the young relationship that you're developing and how it's different from what you just divorced? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Um, I, so start by saying, you know, basically when I left my marriage, I have been single, uh, the entire time. So it's been, I've been single for about, you know, I guess two ish years. Um, and that felt really fantastic. I think, um, I personally would highly recommend it, but I don't know. It's not for everybody. Um, what was good and, about it? Share a little bit. Cause I think that's important. Like, so what was good about being alone for two years? Yeah, I think that um, uh, from my perspective, what was good about it is coming back to myself because I feel like I, you know, w when you're in a marriage uh, and I'm sure, you know, in a healthy marriage, maybe this doesn't ring as true. But, you know, for me, I mean, that whole self-worth component, that losing yourself, that I mean, that was very much my story. Um, I I really did lose touch with, with who I was. Um, you know, what were my opinions? What were my values? What was my gut instinct? What did I have a gut anymore? Like I had no idea. I didn't know anything. Right. And, uh, I just, I felt like a little blob, you know? Um, so I think that, 
I really had to get honest with myself about what that, what did the long con look like? You know, what's the, what's the game plan? Um, and getting honest looked like, Hey, Whitney, I think you maybe need to like, kind of look at yourself and do some like real stuff here because it's easy to point the finger and be like, well, you know, it's all them, but there's also a lot about you as an individual that, um, was a magnet for that person. It, we attract those things. Um, and that's why you, like you said, you wind up in those situations where it's just the same person, in a different body. Um, you know, there's work to be done and I, that's kind of the way I saw it. And so for me, that was staying single, um, and not allowing that distraction into my world. Um, I just, a, a distraction for me to not work on myself because yep. I could focus on the relationship B, um, a, a distraction just from what my potential might be. Cause I wasn't in a position to handle, uh, that component at, at, at that point. So, and I just allowed that single life to continue. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to rely. I'm just going to know that the, the time, the time I will know when the time is right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't rush it and I didn't force it. And I just kept living my single life and going on the hikes when I wanted to, and not going on dates and hanging out with my girlfriends and making a great new community and, you know, just taking an art class and trying to lean into things that I hadn't been doing. Um, I think there's a lot of value in that. It's, it can be very, it can be lonely for sure. No question. But there's also, that's another thing where you can just stay mentally prepared for the fact that you're going to feel lonely occasionally um, and look for support and look for new friends and clubs and yeah, that kind of stuff. I just, you stay busy, but you also spend some real time with yourself to, to address some of that stuff. Um, So yeah, that I would highly recommend single if you can. Yeah, no, I think that that was well said. There's a lot of value to come out of it. And the truth is, um, until you get to know yourself and love yourself, you're certainly not going to attract somebody else in who's going to get to know and love you. So, um, so, uh, I I think you said that beautifully and, um, and where are you at now? Okay. So, right. I, um, I was single for, you know, the two years. And then just recently I met somebody, um, through word of mouth actually, which is, you know, quite unusual these days, very rare, (laughs) (laughs) but a really beautiful situation. Um, and, uh, it has been, it has been such a, uh, wonderful, challenging, um, you know, again, look at yourself in the mirror kind of situation. Um, and we started chatting. Um, we were, I was, I had my life pretty packed at the time when we met. And, um, so we spent a lot of time actually chatting on the phone or, um, texting for quite a few weeks, which I think was a really wonderful way to start a relationship because it forced us to ask each other questions. And, and it wasn't just the normal dating type of, Oh, we go on a date, we chat for the date and then we see each other next week. Or I think that it really helped us build a foundation and it has just been, uh, the most enlightening 
wonderful relationship. I mean, I have ever been in for sure. Um, and I finally feel like, you know, I'm really putting what I've worked on and, and the things that I've healed and all of that work I've done in the last two years to the test, um, and bringing it to the table and bringing this version of myself to the table. And, and that has been so cool to obviously, you know, just experience. Um, and this individual, you know, he actually, he is divorced as well. Um, he's had experience with narcissists as well, and he's done quite a bit of work, um, on himself too. Um, and we both had been single and it's interesting that we both were just on that path, similar paths. Um, and he, he and I had a similar mantra, which was, I'm staying single and I'm going to live my best life until somebody comes around. If they want to hop on the train, great. But, you know, I'm just going to keep doing things my way because it feels awesome. And we had both, we both were on that path. And um, so I think we were both individually ready to take it or leave it, um, you know, take it or leave the relationship. Um, and we also were willing to show up with what we wanted to do and, and be, you know, individuals, it, yeah. like independent people, like collaborating and being together as a unit. Um, it has been terrific. We have real conversations. We address things. We have real communication about things that um, I can bring up something that I feel like might be a trigger for me and we can chat through it. Um, he can do the same. And um, it's, it's just been a really wonderful uh, thing for me. And I'm really looking forward to what the future holds in that um, we're coming up on like six months. So it's still really young, but it just feels like I'm with a, a best friend. It feels like I'm with a real, real friend, a real respectful partner. Um, and uh, I think it, it has a really good future ahead. And, and I made it really challenging for him because I left for Mexico right away for, for four weeks or five weeks. And, uh, you know, so it, you know, some, I was ready for him to walk. I, I didn't know if he was going to stick around. And I just told him, I said, this is on my heart. Like, it's very important to me to go and take this trip. It's been something I've been wanting to do for years. Um, it's something I need to do as an individual and I owe it to myself. And you know, I think at first he was like, well, forget it. I'm not, I'm not going to hang around. And then, you know, it gave me a couple extra days and he was like, wait a minute, maybe this girl's actually worth hanging around for. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so it's, it's been a really awesome way to start a relationship, um, like that too. And I, I think that that distance makes the heart grow fonder and you spend time differently together and you really value your time together yep. when you know that each the individual has the freedom to go and do these other things, you know, like it's okay. He, if he wanted to go to Mexico for five weeks, great, go ahead. Um, and I, yeah, it's just a, everything about it has been a different approach for me um, uh, um, and for him. I'm hearing this um, uh, being heard, being seen, being respected, um, being able to communicate the, you know, the difficult stuff and, uh, and that willingness to, 
you know, meet the other person, each of you meet the other person where you're at and which sounds a world of different than how you started this conversation and where you were in, um, in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and it feels like I have really, um, it's, it's bringing that work to fruition. It's, it's finally feeling comfortable enough to own my feelings put them on the table, say, I don't agree with that, or this is uncomfortable. Um, and, or the reason that I got upset about that yesterday is because of X let's like, let's walk through it. And, um, those are not things that I was, uh, really comfortable doing, or I tried, I I should say, I try, I think I tried to do that, but it was, met with quite a bit of resistance, um, in previous relationships. So it feels so amazing to have somebody that's like you said, meeting me where I am and I'm doing the same for him. And there's that mutual respect of, you know, okay, if you have that thing that you're bringing to the table, let's, let's work through it. And, and, and that for me is it's the first time I've ever had a partner that I feel like, um, there's not really a thing that feels like we couldn't work through it. Mm. It's the first time I've ever felt that with anybody. Um, I'm not saying it's gonna, it would be easy. You know, there's some things I think that would be really challenging to work through for us, but I feel that he, there's that level of commitment between the two of us that it's worth it to us to put in the effort to work through the really tough stuff when that, when, and if that happens. So, um, and, uh, that has been really amazing, um, to, to have, and I do not take it for granted by any means. Um, and it's interesting when I was in Mexico, um, you know, to that point of like, you know, a lot of people probably feel like, oh, I'm going to wind up with the same person, I'm gonna, you know, the same person over and over again on repeat, um, which I know can happen and does happen. Um, but I did, I met this woman and she had been in a, uh, you know, definitely a toxic relationship prior. And I told her a little about, about my background. And then I said, yeah. And I, you know, there's this guy that's like waiting for me and I'm here in Mexico and she just was, you know, floored. And she also just had this moment of lighting up and she goes, Oh my gosh, you give me so much hope, mm-hmm. you know? And you know, she said that there's hope out there. And, you know, also this, this woman is quite a bit younger than me too. So I was like, girl, you should not be losing hope (laughs) this soon, but yeah. Um, you know, I think that was really, uh, it gave her a lot of comfort, I think, to hear that there was this mad, you know, quote unquote, magical person for me out there. And after what I had gone through and there is hope, um, you can do the work and you can, you can manifest and you can attract that type of person. I mean, when I look at the type of people I've attracted in the past and what I have now, it's night and day. And it's completely based on the work that you've done on yourself. Um, yeah. And so what a, what a beautiful way to wrap up, uh, before we say goodbye, uh, would you share some words of uh, final words of hope and encouragement with our listeners and then and then we'll say goodbye? Yeah, um, I would say, you know, in terms of hope and encouragement, I, I would say that it takes time 
Um, but I think that committing to yourself is ultimately the most important component. And that is what truly for me was turning the corner. Um, I've always been, I've always been a seeker. I've always been, um, reading self-help help books, journaling, you know, I've always been kind of introspective looking at myself, but, um, the last two years was truly when I made a decision, I think to really look at the hard stuff. And that's the part that's hard is finally looking at the hard stuff. And it is hard um, to do, but I'll tell you what you get as a result when you do look at it is just so rewarding to feel like you, you've committed to yourself and you have evolved and healed. Um, And, you know, it doesn't make life magical by any means. There's still going to be very dark days. And, you know, as we all know, but, um, but man, does it help you really live with it better, you know, live with everything better. You attract better people. You have better support groups. You have, you know, you're happier when the sun comes out, that's just small things like that. Um, and I think that, you know, whether that's coaching with you or therapy or whatever works, I think it's just figuring out what works and also not trying to do it alone, finding support in whatever way you can. Um, I would say that would be my ultimate, um, recommendation, I guess, you know, in terms of what worked for me and what I've seen work for other people. So, um, it's worth it doing the work, putting in the time, it's totally worth it. Um, and you will get more out of your life as a result. Yeah. Beautifully said, beautifully said. And I'm so excited about uh, your life and your next career step and this new relationship. And so I want to thank you for uh, spending some time with us. I want to congratulate you for all of the hard work that you did and really celebrate where you're at and where you're going. Uh, It's, it's an exciting new chapter for you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And it's been amazing to have you as part of my journey. And I really do think that you served as a huge component of, of how I was able to push. Um, and I think it honestly, like, again, that momentum, you know, I tried to step on the brakes a couple of times and taper off of coaching. And I, I feel like every time I just had this, this, you know, mm, maybe we just need to do another session. Mm, maybe we need to do another session. It's just, it just kept like helping me. I just, it just kept feeling very helpful. <laughs> so I just couldn't deny it. And I was like, well, if I'm pushing the boundaries this much, like let's, let's keep going. Like it's worth it. Um, why not jam the most, like the most healing and the most evolution into one solid year as you possibly can. <laughs> And you did, you did such an amazing job. So, so thank you for your kind words. It's absolutely has been an honor to work with you. Uh, For those listening, you can reach out for a rapid relief call. Just go to rapidreliefcall.com and one of our coaches will um, engage in a one hour coaching session with you. So if you're encouraged by this, by all means do that. And uh, you, we will be back again with another episode of Voices of Celebration real soon. So Thank you, Whitney, and everyone, you have a great day. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. 
If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.